there and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This is episode 22 of our podcast. You can find all our previous episodes on animationforadults.com, on Stitcher, on podcast.com and on iTunes. Okay, I'm Chris and I am joined this week by Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks. Awesome. Yeah, I'm not too bad. And by Great. our freshly minted um, US editor, Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hey, Chris. How's it going? It's going good. I'm trying to keep my head of, head above water with the Christmas holiday season but coming up, but I'm um, doing good. It's going to be Christmas? Yep. Oh, they kept that quiet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and by Yvonne. Hello, Yvonne. <laughs> It's going well. How's it going for you? Things are good. Lots going on, but things are good. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be around the time of animationforadults.com's second birthday, which is going to be on December the 17th, which apparently something else is happening that day. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> something something, something <laughs> from a galaxy far, far away. A some, long time ago. Some little small indie what, movie my or something coming party. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that will be the day that animationforadults.com will turn two whole years old. Woohoo! Woohoo! Happy, Happy birthday. birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! <laughs> yep, and it will be two years since I posted the first article, and then how it's grown in the year since. It was all just me, and then in the past year particularly, it's all taken off, and I'm very, 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 very very grateful for my awesome writers, and for all the people who follow, and read, and listen, and thanks everybody, and yeah, that's about all I have to say on that. <laughs> so thanks. Well, thank you, Chris. <laughs> very yeah, welcome. thank you, Chris. And we will try and make the third year even better. Woo! Woohoo! Yeah. I think I, I think you said you were trying. You were hoping that maybe we could uh, get a YouTube channel, hopefully. Or when we already had a YouTube channel, we just wanted to do more with it. Yeah, yeah. I actually want to do something with it other than just post some of the podcasts on there, <laughs> <laughs> which which some people appreciate. Not not many, because most people can't bother to listen to it on there. But a few <laughs> people do. So just for their benefit, I put it up there, uh, slightly edited for copyright reasons. So if you want to hear the proper undiluted version, you have to download it or listen to it on the website mm-hmm. or on Stitcher or on iTunes no yeah iTunes <laughs> or the other <laughs> normal places um, yeah this week uh, we are going to be doing our usual discussion of the animation news and stuff and then next time we're going to be talking our, about Christmas specials for our very special Christmas episode <laughs> yeah yeah because that, that Christmas thing it is happening. Yeah, it is, it's a couple, only a couple weeks away now. Yep. So we're going to be talking about that. And we wanted to not leave you without an episode Christmas week. So listen out for that soon. But before that, it's just down to normal business. And we are going to talk some animation news. Okay, so what has happened this week? Uh, one thing that happened is that the Brazilian animation Boy in the World has opened in the US. It 
started off in New York and LA and it will be moving to some other venues later um, starting at the end or the day after Christmas Boxing Day as we say in the UK but you don't say in America so <laughs> that. Um, and then January February at the moment yeah there's a handful of places that you can check out on the list either on the Boy in the World's website or on Animation for Adults and yeah, we we liked the trailer for this, didn't we? I I'm really wish it was at least I may I don't know what uh, other theaters are going to be uh, screening this movie, but I really hope it's somewhere near the uh, near Philadelphia because that's that's where I live and that's that, that's as far about as far as I can travel with as busy as I've been recently. So I'm just like, oh, oh please, please come to a local cinema. Well, it depends how if it gets a lot more publicity, I reckon it'll open up wider um they did say that they're going to add some more this is g kids and g kids normally they um open things up at a small number of cinemas and then they expand it uh depending on how how well the film is doing and how much attention it's getting and um boy in the world is getting quite a lot of attention including that um uh, the nomination for best feature independent at the annie awards that we talked about last week Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you're thinking it might it'll definitely pick up enough steam that it'll get a, wi- a wider release. Yeah, um, if it did get the um, Oscar nomination as well, then obviously that'd make a big difference. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Be good, mm. um, but I think there's a lot of a lot of competition this year. There's a lot of animated also... films come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are a lot, and also the Oscars is just like a big money game, and the big studio pictures are probably going to overshadow, especially in the animation category, which is kind of which struggles to be recognised in itself. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be a surprise. It would be good, but I I don't see it happening. At the very least, I'll keep my fingers crossed that maybe it did, that it'll get a DVD release that I can see once it comes out. Mm-hmm. But I just still think it's awesome that G-Kids release, they have released it at all, because it really doesn't look like the sort of thing which would get a theatrical release. Yeah. To be honest. It's the sort of thing you expect to see at festivals, but, you know, it, it does not look like anything else. That's what right. makes it so special. Okay, um, and as we were talking about award nominations, that sounds like a segue, um... <gasps> to move into the Golden Globes nominations which came out this week and obviously we're going to be talking about the animation category surprise uh, <laughs> and the nominations are they are Anomalisa, Inside Out, The Peanuts Movie The Good Dinosaur and Shaun the Sheep The Movie so about almost almost oh. about the same the same uh, big movies as in the oh god the mm-hmm. <laughs> the Annie's. The Annie's. I'm sorry. Yeah. Brain just decided um, to stop working. I that's. I think that's um. Telling, maybe. Do you think like that? The Annie's are influential. Well, I think. Film? I think to be honest, these are going to be the films that are going to pop up time and again with all the nominations. All the yeah, for this year. Yeah. But, yeah. but I. I don't know if like Sean the Sheep would have been nominated. I don't know. 
I don't know, because Shaun of Sheep was really not that big in America, it seemed. Yeah, it kind of was like here and then go- and then went with little mm-hmm. to no fanfare, which is unfortunate because I know you guys you yeah. guys adored it and I'm, I wanted to see it, but it just yeah. I had there was no which time. Is, which is also like, yeah. You can watch that on demand now. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll have to I'll have to rent it then. <laughs> so that's kind of exciting. I mean. <laughs> So yeah, it's like we still got it. We st- we can still see it. It's just that unfortunately, it's like the, the actual theatrical release did not get that much of uh, a buzz in the U.S. Unfortunately. Well, you say Dan that you don't think that it was seen that widely, but we have to remember that when it comes to the Oscar nominations for animation, the people voting for the nominations are animators and people. Oh, in- right. Is is that is that. Is that also the case with um, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association? I who, haven't a Scooby who uh, who run the Globes. I don't yeah, know anything because, about them. Um, mm, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone knows anything about them. They're very mysterious. <laughs> They're very they... mysterious, unpredictable, and constantly infuriating. I think. <laughs> they're not. They're not. Hollywood? Are they foreign? What's going on? It's confusing. <laughs> they call themselves the Hollywood Foreign Press, and that's all anyone really knows. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Although people are quite happy that they've nominated Mad Max for drama. <laughs> mm. I'm like, is that a drama? A drama? I am too. I think it's surprising because. It's, it's not like an awardy movie. It's a movie which you can actually enjoy and like <laughs> pump your, kind of pump your fists, your fists at in like a in the same way you would like at a sports match or something. <laughs> and those sorts of movies don't those sorts of movies don't really do well in um in 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 awards uh, in awards really. Mm-hmm. But um, so like. There doesn't seem to be a clear, obvious favourite, apart from Inside Out, I mean, <laughs> which is... That's the clear favourite, is it yeah. not? Well, yeah. But... Yeah, I think so. I, I, would have, I would have said that Inside Out was absolutely going to be the winner everywhere in everything until Anomalies has come along and sort of... I think it's potentially could be an upset, but... Yeah, it's definitely a close... If it's going to be a close race between any films, it's going to be uh, Inside Out and Anomalisa. Because it's a proper film. Yeah, because... It's a proper story. Yeah, because people yeah. with with little little goatee beards love it. And they, <laughs> they like joking with little goatee beards it's, it's, and saying, oh, oh, yeah. oh, that's what they do. Yeah, like, Stokely Brick going, yes, yes, I love this. really drives me bloody nuts. Like, you see some... Really old, died in the wall. Like Derek, I think Derek Malcolm's review of Anomalisa is just like the most, like you know, like congratulating himself on recognizing that animation can do other things. Uh, yeah, it's like it was. It was always capable of this. People, it was. It always was. It's just no one ever thought to take it in that direction. Which is kind of why, like, my thoughts about it are, if it's going to take an award, I want it 
to win best animated picture, mm-hmm. not best picture, because I just think that's kind of unfair. I think Shaun the Sheep is like just as cinematic and entertaining as Mad Max. <laughs> that um, is a bold statement. But that's that, but that's only but it's it's that thing of like you know these movies kind of sitting at the kids' table kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's why I'd like Anomalisa to to take it just to kind of from the kids tableiness of like animated movies at awards um in awards yeah that's 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 an interesting thing with a lot of these different uh movies like say movies like inside out uh they uh they have you know themes and ideas and present you know presented in a way that you know adults that that can be you know adults can get and appreciate but like uh that and sean the sheep kind of like have uh kid, you know, like a kid movie packaging. So when, you know, say if someone who's not as into animation, you know, and saw uh, in their late like late twenties, early thirties or older will look at that cover and, and of the film and say, Oh, this is a kid's movie. Some pass up on that. Whereas mm-hmm. it's hard that's harder to do with Anomalisa because they'll just look and it's like, what in the world is this? You're true. Yeah, you're, you're sorry, you you that's true. I think actually like Pixar has enough of a reputation that people of that generation would probably consider it a Pixar movie before they see it as, like, a dumb kids movie. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, by, and, by, and, by and large. <laughs> the question is, <laughs> are, are the presence of two Pixar films going to cause a confusion mm-hmm. for the kind of people who just go, I'm going to vote for the Pixar movie? <laughs> It might because it's the first time like oh. they've ever had a multiple release in uh in one year. So, I mean, from the way things are leaning, mm. I think people, the audience, you know, voter, you know, voters might still be leaning toward Inside Out as the more complete movie since uh the good di- the reaction to the good dinosaur was relatively mixed. But you know, I still think that's a shame. Yeah, because I think. I don't know. Everyone, everyone who's been listening to the podcast already knows my opinion on the Good Dinosaur. So I'm, I, I would want to see it do a, a, you know, a bit better. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. It's like it's already been said and done. I think. Yeah, I think unfortunately, like yeah, given whatever merits the Good Dinosaur has, um, the all singing, all dancing, like all crying, inside out, is gonna just take the win from its sales, and it's. It's it's certainly like the animated movie, which I think has probably had the most fuss this year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so that's probably going to count towards towards something. Kind of like how um, you remember when Frozen took it. Oh yeah. It was just like you know the um, you could read the the um, the Academy Award voters like opinions, and they were just like, oh yeah, a kid like sang that song. I guess why not. <laughs> just uh, that kind of lazy voting. But I, I guess like these these films we're probably going to see in the Oscars. I'd be really surprised if there was something else in the Oscars. Yeah. Um. Even like when Marnie was there, even if that like snuck in, I'd be surprised. 
yeah, I, d- I don't think we're going to get a G Kids film in, in the backs this year. And I think Anomalisa no. is, ta- is basically taking that spot. I think if Anomalisa wasn't there, then... Mm, the independent it. spot. Yeah. yeah, that's normally at least one spot for an independent film in the Oscars, and then it's basically just mm-hmm. all like big studio animated films. Obviously, last year we had two, or this year we had two, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I am surprised really. how the good dinosaur were not hated, to be honest. It's Pixar. Yeah. It is, but like the fact that it managed to get its own spot is kind of surprising. Pixar. <laughs> Just because it has the Pixar brand on it, I think. This is the first Golden Globe nomination for Blue Sky. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, And the Peanuts movie, I think, has, has got a bit of a chance because the nostalgia vote. Oh, I definitely. Mm-hmm. And, mm. it, and, it, and it is a. It, Incredibly good-looking movie. Mm-hmm. So it's got the nostalgia. It's got the, the unique look and style. So I, it may. I, I if I had to place it in, in like a, a rating, it would be like a tie. It's going to be a tie between, um, let's see, Anomalisa, Inside Out, and then maybe uh, the Peanuts movie, and then the Shaw of the Sheep kind of fighting for third place. I just kind of think Blue Sky should be awarded for it not being another Ice Age movie. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> I know we're still getting another Ice Age movie, but hey. You're kidding. Next year. Why? After, the... after they can prove that they can be like as creative and as like engaging and innovative as they want with the Peanuts movie. Do I have to tell you why, Dan? Ice Age film? Really? The Almighty Well, okay, Dollar. yeah. yeah. No, you, you, you don't, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> You know, yep, same day as you know, Finding you know, Dory. Same day as Finding Dory, are you serious? Oh, in, in the UK, okay, well, at least. Watch them change that release date. Is it, <laughs> you, know, you watch them change that release date as it gets nearer. <laughs> oh, so what else is going on in the animation world, Chris? Well, a trailer came out this week. A very exciting trailer. <laughs> and what trailer would that be? That would be the trailer for the next Leica movie, which is called Kubo and the Two Strings. Has everybody seen it? I have. I think I just watched it. Uh, I think I just saw it yesterday, and I have to say, I'm, I was immediately like blown away by the style it's taking. Mm-hmm. It, is, it just looks like it's going to be a wild ride, and I am so ready to get on that ride. <laughs> I am bouncing it. I am bouncing up and down in line of the, the very long line. <laughs> it's fair to say it doesn't look like any stop motion movie you've seen before. I think definitely not. Oh, no. It it looks to me like they're really... So, like, Leica has always been about... You know, they've always... They've been a mixing um, stop motion and 2D and CG. But, mm-hmm. like, the first movie that they've done, that's really going to be... 
like there are a lot of um, CG environments going on, and like of course at the start of the trailer they have like that's all CG, and but it mixes really well with the um, like the the way it moves is it doesn't really look like the sea. It looks like um, you know sometimes um, to production to like use fabric and like have that billow and like mm-hmm. waves. It kind of reminded me of that. It has a quite a nice um, puppety feel going on, like a like a puppet show. I mean, obviously, like the most spectacular puppet show <laughs> ever. But um, yeah, it, it looks amazing. And it looks like nothing they've ever done before. Mm-mm. And I, I kind of, and I think actually, of... like her. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt it was a bit of a sort of two D sort of look to it as well, in a kind weird sort of way. Yeah, it's, but... it's 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 a really neat melding of several different kinds of animation styles, and I think that's what makes it so fascinating to look at. Mhm. It's kind of like a like a a um. Like a picture book comes to life, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Which is why it's got a sort of 2D aesthetic to it as well as the stop motion. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. uh, well, I'm sure, actually, yeah, I wonder if that was, like, because of them in some way being very inspired by, uh, like, Japanese woodblock prints. Mm-hmm. How they kind of tell a story within one frame, maybe? Yeah, I, I, I'm looking at it, and it's just like, I, I get a little bit of that in this, but just yeah, that there's but like so much to, there's still so much to it. It's like, it's, it's still its own unique thing. Yeah, it looks like, I have no idea what it is, but it's amazing. <laughs> which is, which is, which is really cool because like I really could so easily, um, stick to one thing mm-hmm. and they've kind of been and you, you can kind of say that they do that and they they tend to go for like creepier darker stories but there's little chance like you look at this and think oh this is kind of like paranormal or or something apart from like the fact that it's added mm-hmm. I think that's quite yeah, I think there's a real connecting thread between, like, like uh, Car- Coraline and Paranorman and Box Trolls, and then this is a real departure. Mm, the environments are just, like, really huge and opened up, because, like, Coraline pretty much takes place, like, in that house and around the woods a little bit. Yeah, like her own then... backyard. Yeah, and the same with Paranorman, really. I mean, like, the, there are huge, like, you know, there's the, um, the, the town center, um, like near the city hall kind of, uh, area. And there are lots of streets and things and, you know, the, the middle of the town. Mm-hmm. But, like, this looks epic. In a way yeah, that now that you mentioned it, it hasn't like... really been before. I'm sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. I just had a revelation. No, no, that's it. I just had a revelation. You mm-hmm. were talking about that, how it's been slowly, like, since Coraline, it's slowly been getting, like, they've been doing bigger and bigger venues. And now I think this was this leading to this one, which is probably their most ambitious. Like, you know, Coraline was, like you said, the house in the backyard. Uh, Paranorman, which was, you know, that, that small town. 
then Box Trolls, which is that city and the, you know, the underground of that city. Mm-hmm. And now we've got this huge, you know, Asian fan, you know, fantasy environment. Yeah. Like, wow. Avon, did you get to see it? I did. It was beautiful. I mean, I, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot, uh, I agree with a lot of the things you guys are saying. I mean, it definitely has a really unique look to it. I, I, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, uh, trailer. Also, it doesn't give away too much. No, thank goodness. That's a proper trailer. <laughs> it looks like kind of it's going to have quite a bit of action in it as well, which is unusual. It kind of rem- yeah, oh. it kind of reminds me mm. of like um those like old like martial arts uh, fantasy style films that I used to love watching on uh, on VHS when I was growing up. So yeah. <laughs> That's one of the reasons yeah. I got into dra- you know Dragon Ball so much because it's like I, I would always watch like all this like the crazy you know bad dubbing uh, kung fu stuff and then it was like oh I'm getting to watch it again except animated now so I can do crazier stuff. Hey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, like the film that it reminded me of the most was Nightmare Before Christmas. I, uh-huh. I think it was half to do with there's like a shot where um. I presume Rudy Mara's character turns around and it's like um it's like a a, a, a kabuki mask kind of uh, character with like a with quite a ghostly face mm. mm-hmm. and something about how things seem quite uh, I don't know what the word is some to something about it reminds me of Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm. Oh, if it's got yokai in it, Japanese ghosts and yeah, spirits. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Then that would mm-hmm. be very Because cool. mm-hmm. there's a whole load of stuff you can mine from that. So yeah, a lot of mythology to you have at your disposal to bring all these kind of weird, unusual creatures to life, and to, and and, and tell, be able to do have you know use them for to tell a variety of different like you know. Characters. What I, what I like about the look of this as well is that it's really leaning into the the folktale like mythological roots of wherever it's come from. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you've had Disney really like with Brave and with um, Frozen like try and say no, it's not those. It's like the new thing reinvented, and this is like kind of proudly saying no, this is a folktale. Like everything about like the title. It sounds like, you know, they changed Brave from the bear and the bow, which really sounds like a folktale kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to Brave, and like, this is just called Kubo and the Two Strings, which sounds like a really intriguing kind of fairy tale title to me, rather than just like, you know, strong or whatever they could, they could call it. <laughs> to try and be, um, hip and whatever. <laughs> strong. <laughs> uh, someone, someone did work out um, like what all the Disney movies would be called, like in today's thing, where like Lion King would be raw, and Little <laughs> oh, yeah. Mermaid would be wet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it would. Or moist. <laughs> oh my god, that's maybe not, maybe not moist. Yeah, that's. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't think Disney yeah. would be willing to go there. No, probably not. <laughs> might be Still a bit funny, far. though. Still funny, though. Reminds me of Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, that's pretty much uh, all we can really say, I think, from just what is quite a teasy teaser. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm excited, so we'll just I'm see where it comes for, out. For, for a new Lycan movie. I think, I think this might now actually be my most anticipated animated film of 2016. You think actually. so? I oh. think so. Because, you know, I want to see Zootopia. And I'm sure Moana would be great, but I can't think of anything else that looks as amazing as this. Yeah, it, this this is definitely a lot more. I don't know. It's like you said, uh, Dan. It was definitely a lot more epic than those other two movies. So, yeah, Chris, I might be I might be inclined to agree with you. And I really like the other Leica films, but this this you know I wouldn't have said when they were coming out that any of them were my like most anticipated. For this, yeah, it's right up there now. So, August next year. Yep. Woohoo! At least that's in America. I, don't, I didn't actually check. <laughs> you guys. I, I, that, that's I, a couple I, days before my birthday. Hey. Like movies don't tend to have like a massive delay. I notice. Uh, um, yeah, they always. It tend might to be September. Ah, oh, okay. Because I, I, that I might be making that up. I know, um, <laughs> I know, um, Box Charles came out in September in the UK. Uh, oh, did it? I think so. Uh huh. Or have I got it the other way around? I don't know. I quite like, I quite like, um, like the movies coming out then. Like, after <laughs> the excitement or otherwise of the big summer movies. Like, yeah, kind yeah. of just quietly going into the cinema and watching a like a movie at the end of summer is just like kind of become a bit of a tradition. With me, seems a bit appropriate, doesn't it? I think mm. somehow. Hmm. They, they're not a big summer blockbuster. They're a no. more of a more of a quirky indie, well, sort of. Yep. So Cooper and the Two Strings, we're excited, and ho- hopefully you are as well. Um, speaking of films that we are excited about, Segway. Oh boy. Uh, um. Coming next from Ireland's Cartoon Saloon is Nora Toomey's The Breadwinner, which is a film based on a novel by Deborah Ellis about a young girl in Afghanistan under the Taliban who has to um, disguise herself as a boy, basically, to become the breadwinner of the family and support her family when her her, um, dad gets arrested. Uh, so, quite a departure for Cartoon Saloon, we can say. Mm-hmm, definitely. Nothing to do with Irish mythology. Um, going to be... In it's a lot more serious than everything they've done so far as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, def- um, a, bold, a bold step in terms of storytelling, but I, I'm, ex- I'm really thinking if anyone can pull it off, it's Cartoon Saloon. And I mean, does it really seem like such a huge departure, though? I mean, it's a it's, it's a very human tale, <laughs> and everything that they do is so gut wrenching, you know. <laughs> oh, it, it is, but I think like there's kind of 
almost like the safety of fairy tales kind of um Oh, that's interesting. So it's there's, not. There's, it's and like with the Taliban, it's just like a different kind of setting for the story and different, a different kind of stakes. Yeah, I think, and it's probably gonna because it's an independent as well. They're probably gonna lean into like those tough thematics, I imagine. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously, at the same time, Tom Moore is working on Wolfwalkers, which is much more right. based in Irish mythology. So Nora Toomey, who co-directed Secret of Kells with him, is working on this, which is half a world away. Wow. And also, it's it's contemporary as well. Right. Um, well, contemporary-ish, you know, <laughs> a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, well, Song of the Sea was set in the 80s. Uh, and Secret of Cows was a long time ago and Wolfwalkers is set in like 1500s, 1600s time of the evil, English Civil War yeah um, so that's another way that this is different in that it's going to be much more um, modern setting did you say this was due out next year? no um, it's I think it's due to be finished early 2017. Okay. Uh, so we still got a ways to go. Yeah, these things take time. Huh? Um, <laughs> hey, if it means it's going to turn out a an awesome product, a well-told story with amazing animation, I'm I'm willing to wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing we heard was that Angelina Jolie, or as she is now known, Angelina Jolie Pitt, signed on as producer. Um, and she is a goodwill ambassador for the um, UN, working particularly uh, with um, issues affecting women and girls. So she is a relevant person. And the story that uh, we posted on the website is um, that Nora Toomey's been talking about the process of working on the film and working with Angelina Jolie. Um, And they are apparently trying to cast people who are from the they're doing it, they're recording the soundtrack in Canada um, but they're trying to cast people from Afghan Pakistani and Indian communities hmm. um, so they're trying to get an authentic cast yes compare this that's huge to, compare this to um, Kubo and the Two Strings uh, which is <laughs> set entirely in Japan it seems and they're they're one little um, they're one little uh, concession to the ethnicity of the characters is to cast George Takai. Uh, <laughs> you know what? That's another reason why I, I kind of want to see that movie when yeah. it comes out, just because of George Takai. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be great. Oh but my! I, I, know, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was waiting for someone to make that joke. Someone had to. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I know, I know, I know what you're saying. It's um, it's a bit odd but yeah but but great that the breadwinner is like going that going that route and yeah, it seems that, that, seems that uh, Angelina Jolie was particularly insistent on that which is which is good to hear because I think when you hear that like a Hollywood person has signed up yeah this little indie studio you can sort of 
fear for the worst and thinking, oh, don't mess it, don't mess with it. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like she's actually working to the to the studio's benefit than uh, trying to you know, detriment. It certainly sounds that way, which is very, very, um, very promising indeed. Um, and apparently, Nora Toomey is keeps flying out to Canada, or and also keeps um, going out to Angelina Jolie and meeting up with her all over the place um, to take her the work uh, as take her samples of things in the film as it's going along. Mm-hmm. And she's apparently at some point supposed to be going out to the studio in Ireland. But at the moment, they're, they're going to her. But um, It's going to wait until summer. Hmm? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's going to wait until summer. summer. <laughs> yeah. It's Ireland, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's... I've said before about um, the the summer in England being a Tuesday. Um, I think maybe about half that in Ireland, possibly. <laughs> being a Tuesday, being a Tuesday. Yeah. Being one. Oh, day to... that's a, yeah. Okay, that's 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 brilliant. Yeah, it is. It is a Tuesday. <laughs> it's a Tuesday afternoon in Ireland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but apparently Angelina Jolie is not going to be appearing in the film at all. Which oh, she's just she's just going to be a producer. Yes. Ah. And, and apparently the reason for that she's not going to be appearing in it, which I think is kind of, I think it'd be you know, a bit bit distracting to have Angelina Jolie in the middle of it suddenly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I'm happy. I mean, in terms of serving the film, I'm happy she's not trying to you know force her way in there and respecting you know what the movie might be trying to do, but at the same time it's just like, huh, that's that's unusual for a big A list actress. It's it's encouraging it's encouraging because it shows that she's putting the film first. Yeah, which is um, I would say I respect her for. Mm-hmm. She apparently can't be in it because oh. she she is in exclusive contract to the Kung Fu Panda franchise. Ah uh-huh, that's why. So this is news that they, DreamWorks are saying, right, you can't do any more voices to in any other animated films, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> Considering they make a Kung Fu Panda movie every, like, four years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Cool. So that's pretty much, like, all we know for that for now, right? Uh, pretty much. Only that we're excited. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's good that it's getting, uh, more Hollywood, so at least a little bit of Hollywood support, so maybe it can, you know, give a bit of a boost for when uh, for when it gets uh, ready for its 2017 release. Oh, basically, it means that they can put Angelina Jolie's name on the poster, <laughs> produced by Angelina Jolie, and that will seems like a small thing. That will help. Yeah, it'll help in its own in its own way. <laughs> Like when they used to put Quentin Tarantino presents on films that he had absolutely nothing to do with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, I but it's that. kind of a bigger deal, I think, because mm-hmm. her name is just you know better known than like, say Guillermo del Toro's name being on uh, Book of Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it might bring new people to Cartoon Chile. And the more people, the better. So, oh, there was one other detail um, from. The story that I published 
um, and that is the fact that they are going to record a version in um, the local Afghan languages. No way! Are you serious? Yes. Wow. Um, there, there's there's two particular languages that are apparently the most widely spoken languages in Afghanistan, and they're going to be recording a, a language track in that those languages, which it which isn't the first time that um, Cartoon Saloon done something like that because you can actually watch Song of the Sea in Gaelic as well uh, huh. I don't I don't know about um, uh, Secret of Kells but Cartoon Saloon definitely if you apparently if you buy the UK and Ireland uh, Blu-ray of Song of the Sea you can watch the Gaelic version I'll have to double check my Blu-ray because I, I, that would be great re-watching it with a different you know in the, in the Gaelic language so I'll... I don't think it I don't think it's on there. Aww. Because I've got, I've got the US edition because I had to import it because I couldn't wait. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't have it on there, did it? No. Oh man. Why can't By I have way, nice things? <laughs> anyone who hasn't seen Song of the Sea yet, if you are a, um, if you are a Amazon Prime subscriber in the United States, it's now on there for Prime Instant Video. So... You can watch it as part of your subscription. So, now you know. And knowing's half the battle. Exactly. <laughs> there we have the breadwinner covered. Alright, um, anything else? Uh, oh, there was one other thing, is that um, a film co-produced by Studio Ghibli is going to come out. Uh, it is actually a French... French uh, Japanese co-production and it's the first co-production that Studio Ghibli have done mm. and it's going to come out in um, in Japan in September and what's the, what's the name of that film? called the Red, Red Turtle yeah the Red Turtle oh. um, it's, it's, it's really exciting because it's directed by Michael DeWitt who is a really really good animator um his best work is like probably Father and Daughter, and he also did The Monk and the Fish. Oh, and Father and Daughter. That's yeah, um, oh. and he. So he's like been a, uh, a big name like in independent animation for 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 a long time, for years and years, like twenty years. Um, so it's kind of like a really big deal that now he he got this deal signed with. Studio Ghibli to co-produce um, the feature because it's his first feature. Um, and if you want any idea of what the movie's going to be like, just go and check out Father and Daughter so and The Monk and the Fish. Yeah, it really is. Um, he's he's just an excellent animator. And there's actually something... Um, so I think he... Um, Takahata... Sal Takahata, yeah. who directed um, Grave of the Fireflies and um, Princess Kaguya and My Neighbors the Yamadas, he's um, serving as like the creative producer or something. I've got it in front of me. He is the artistic producer. Right. Um, I think I think like their sensibilities are quite similar. Like father and daughter isn't a hundred miles away from 
Princess Kaguya, I don't think, in how it's kind of like a sketchbook come to life. Okay, hey, um, the part of the exciting thing is that um, the director, who I'm sorry, he is he is Dutch. He's not French. Oh, he's Dutch. He's Dutch British. Is it? Oh, okay. Well, um, mm. it says Dutch here, and um, okay, the it's been co-produced with a French production company, Wild Bunch. That's what. That's what's thrown me. Um, but he is Dutch. Um, oh, okay. And he, he went and temporarily lived in Japan so that he, um, to team up. So he went to Studio Ghibli um, to work on the film and um, to do the storyboards and the scenario and Takahata checked them for him. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just yeah, that's like the most checked over by one of the legendary animated directors in the world. Yeah. <laughs> mm. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you done lately? <laughs> <laughs> well, Takahata can't draw, so he only checked them. He didn't. He didn't redraw anything. <laughs> yeah, but he said that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That out. Do that again. Just delete it. Put it in the bin. And apparently, Wild Bunch also co-produced. Um, Arietti, oh. also known as the Secret World of Arietti, so it isn't actually their first co-production. But there is a tiny, tiny bit of footage from the film which was shown on Arte, which is like a French art channel, um, and it looks amazing. It looks like really, I don't know, it looks really lush. This is an interesting new direction for Ghibli. Um, kind of, yeah. They've co-produced films in the past. I think they, like, technically co-produced, um, Ghost in the Shell, uh, Innocence. Back in the day. Um. Strange. <laughs> yeah, I know. You wouldn't expect that, would you? Um. No. Uh, but yeah, I think this is, like, I first heard about this, like, a few years ago. So it's, it's been, it's been in the works a while. Um, I, I'd be interested, like, whether it has, like, the Ghibli title card at the start, or whether they really keep their involvement down to a minimum. I imagine um, when it comes out in Japan, it'll have Studio Ghibli all over it. Go look, Studio Ghibli! Say, hey guys, we did this! Yeah, I... We were I, a part of this! I hope so, I hope so. But above all, like, it's just really exciting that the Doctor is making a feature because I don't know you wouldn't expect it but definitely go and check out his short films because they are they're brilliant they're brilliant especially Father and Daughter and The Monk and the Fish mm-hmm. we should have to see if we can put links to those in the show notes if they're available online anywhere that would be good they definitely are yeah. <laughs> oh okay <laughs> well alright then <laughs> Alrighty then. Oh, um, just one other little tiny thing. Um, t- today, as we're recording this, um, Sunday, um, the Brit- the eminent British film critic Mark Kermode, um, Mark Kermode, Kermode, <laughs> Kermode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, am I saying it wrong? No, he's not, he's not a toilet. No. <laughs> Mark Kermode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him, that guy, uh, he's Oops. released his list of favourite films of 2015. 
Mm -hmm. And it includes three animated features in this year, which is very impressive. Um, and I was. He's I was been like, saying all year that um, Inside Out has, was his film of the year. But also, he was also a major fan of Song of the Sea. Mm -hmm. And Kaguya. Uh, yes, which was the third one, which was, I was trying to think. I thought, well, is it Anomalisa? But that's not out here yet. Then I saw him tweeting about, I haven't seen Anomalisa. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, Princess Kaguya. I forgot that came out this year as well. <laughs> In the UK, that is. Hmm? Yes, which... Um, which is how he does to... things, which is quite nice, because... There's nothing more well, he... frustrating than seeing, oh, what's my favourite critics movie of the year? And then realising it's like something they've seen at the festival, which isn't actually out until February. And you're like, oh, it doesn't mean anything to me. But Kermode, but Kermode um, does it by UK release date. It's very confusing for me because I sort of, I've got sort of writing for the website and mm. I'm sort of in one foot in each country I'm sort of I'm sort of half living in America in American time thinking mm. oh, this is coming out then I'm writing about it for when it's coming out in America because most of our readers are there And uh, but wait when's it coming out here? I don't know <laughs> I get confused <laughs> I'm sorry it's alright we forgive you <laughs> but I try and keep the information correct on the website thank you <laughs> <laughs> alright I, I think that's pretty much all the news that we're going to talk about today and um, uh, time to talk a bit about some stuff we've been watching and in my case I've finally caught up on the latest season of South Park season 19 <laughs> scarily so many seasons had so many seasons yeah but is it um, still good? Uh, this season's good um, I don't know if you could say it's still good because it's sort of I think been, it's been good for the last few, I think. Yeah, the last few have been pretty good. I think like last season was where they really tried to, like for the first time ever, to make um, add a bit of continuity. And then this season they kind of went full into that, and it's really yes. worked. Yeah, and I, I was thinking that I, I'm not going to say too much about the individual episodes, but. Mm as a unit mm. it works really well because it, it's got a theme that goes throughout the whole thing which is not necessarily what you think it is which is yeah yeah I think it's really impressive that they've done what they've done because I don't know about you but I haven't necessarily taken it to be that they're coming down on either side of an argument which they no. kind of like I've said before, they they kind of do um, just examine how people react to things. But mm -hmm. I think more than ever at the moment, they are leaning away from... Um, sorry, I'm talking a lot about like leaning and stuff all the time. All <laughs> right. Stop using that bloody word. Um, so, so I think they're really um, going into like... Going, sort of going away from the idea of um, oh, what I learned today was that such and such and such and such. They kind of, um, so, uh, I've forgotten, is it Kyle or Stan who usually, like, does speeches? <laughs> which, which, which change everyone's mind? 
I, I think it's Kyle. It tends to be Kyle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they kind of like make a real joke of that this season. Mm-hmm. Like you know, um, everyone tells them like, "Oh, Jesus Christ, you're going to do another speech again." <laughs> and, like, they, <laughs> and um, he's like almost completely stopped doing them. And as such, like the message of the show has really changed, and the message of the whole season is not really offering much of a solution or much of um uh it's it's not really fence sitting it's just like examining the way how things are and just kind of just saying well you know this is going to be hard but we're going to have to move forwards i don't know i think it's just really um um prescient actually and relevant. I, I, I think kind of an issue with South Park is that when people are like, ah, what are they trying to say? Mm-hmm. Is I'm always kind of thinking, I'm not really sure they're trying to say very much. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think they're just going, yeah, it's stupid. It's this is stupid, <laughs> so we're gonna make fun of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what it always seemed like to me. Like I know they've had a couple, you know, people things like, oh, they're they're reading into, like, these, you know, real-life situations and trying to do a comedic spin on it. It's like, well, yeah, but... And then they're allowed to do that being comedy show, but at the same time, it's like, you don't always have to... I don't think they're always trying to be as deep as everyone thinks they are because you can't do that all the time. That's... that's. Mm. <laughs> I mean... And they, and they... Yeah, and they've definitely done that thing of, like, really resisting being painted um, red or blue, like, in mm-hmm. the American political sense. It's just, like... They'll do really, they'll do something one second and then they'll do something the other, which almost seems to completely negate and, um, like violate a kind of, um, uh, archetypal kind of point of view you'd expect someone who, so like one second they'll just take the complete piss out of, um, Caitlyn Jenner <laughs> and then the next they'll, take the piss out of like um gun control freaks yeah mm-hmm. and it's like oh that doesn't really seem like the sort of opinion that we expect like you know that isn't necessarily msnbc or fox news or whoever or john oliver who, whoever you know they really like defy a kind of categorization which is good. I mean, it's, it, it's that's really effective for comedy because that means that they can take jabs at everyone, and that's what makes the show so entertaining for a lot of people. They're equal opportunities offenders. They always yes. have been. <laughs> yeah. They just yeah. rip the piss out of everybody on every spectrum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but something that's quite interesting, I think, that this season is they make you think they're going one way, and then sort of like the next episode. They, so, like with this season, they they got a certain section of the audience going, yeah, you tell them, you mm-hmm, tell them, that's mm-hmm. what you think. And then sort of like in the next episode, they basically go, ah, ah, we're not saying that at all. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're going somewhere completely different with that. Um, um, yeah, you're right. It kind of like, it, it's not been so, like ca- characters in the show, like particularly PC Principal, have really defied yeah. that kind of um, categorization as well where you can say, oh, he's definitely this sort of person. And then, you know, like in, an, in another episode, they might reveal something about him which 
um, explains why he's been a certain way or the fact that he's being a certain way to an end which is different to the one everyone might expect. And I think another thing is like in the early episodes you think, ah, with with um Mr. Garrison they're doing Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And then then they kind of revealed that he's standing as a Democrat, I think. Like by having oh, com- yeah. debating against Hillary Clinton. So I think that's like, ah, you thought we were doing this, but we're actually not. Ah. <laughs> it's just like they keep pulling the rug out from under you, I think. Well, it's it, that's amazing that they can still keep doing that. I mean, they've got enough material to do it and just, just keep doing it. So keep everyone on their toes. Yeah. So the, the serialization thing, they re- I, having basically watched it, what I ended up doing was I watched like all the most, I watched them. Um, from the ninja episode to the most recent episode, so I watched, you know. Oh wow, that's in, a bunch. In a couple of days, I, I watched most of, the, you know, the like second half of the series, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and you notice like the things that they keep consistent between, like um, something happens to Butters, he gets injured, and then like he's wearing a, a like a um, cast. Not a cast, but uh, he's wearing a frame thing on him. Uh, I didn't notice series. and <laughs> and also there's an episode later in the series where you just see um, Tweek and Craig walk past with their back to the camera hand in hand Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, I missed that little, yeah it was just well most people probably did it was just a little point and they went oh that's Tweek and Craig nice little callback there <laughs> That's awesome. I, what, what I really like about what they did, particularly with the last episode, is that um, there's this thing with TV in Britain, I'm not sure if it's like the same in America, I expect it probably is, where if there's like an event in the world, um, like a certain episode of something might be postponed because it has too much similarity to like a given event like if there's an earthquake they'll they won't show an episode of like a thing where someone makes a joke about an earthquake or even where there might just be an earthquake in like a drama or something like that and what i really like about south park is that it was kind of um so like in the in the last few episodes they start um commenting on like gun control which is an unbelievably sensitive subject right now um, because of what's happening in America, basically. And I really like that they're not afraid to use comedy to examine those issues, kind of, um, rather than, you know, kind of in, in the spirit of sensitivity, just just say, well, we don't talk about that. Because that seems to be like half the problem is that people just don't want to challenge any views they have either way. Simpsons did it years ago. Homer got a gun. Sorry? <laughs> Simpsons did it years ago when Homer got his gun. Oh, oh he, but he lost his people. entire family. Didn't he hit people? He said, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's something else. That's the glove episode. <laughs> he was. <Yeah. laughs> the glove episode. 
Oh, that one where Homer gets a glove and hits everybody with it. <laughs> you just described I challenge it. you to a duel. You, yeah, you just described the episode. He, he turns it into, like, dueling. <laughs> I remember when that was being advertised, that episode was being advertised on TV, like, when it was just coming out, and I remember it was, like, just immediately being drawn to that, but, like, unfortunately could never watch what happens because at the, I think at that time my mom was like, no, you're not watching The Simpsons. They did, they did, they did, oh. they did a parody of, um, Love Shack, but they turned it into Glove Slap. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it's classic. You should check it out. But yeah, South Park's still really good. And I think it's like seriously one of the strongest seasons they've had in years. Considering it's the 19th season, that's incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, the show is kind of, it has, a different feel because of the whole serialization. Definitely. And I think, like, it's not a spoiler to say that the finale hints that it's probably going to continue. <laughs> I'd be shocked if it didn't. I think that means it continue serialized rather than mm-hmm. just going to continue. <laughs> um Yes, I I really enjoyed those most recent episodes, so it will be interesting to see where it goes next, and hope it keeps up. Uh, but has South Park, I think, has always been less afraid to change things up a bit. Like they di- they didn't just keep doing the same thing they did in the first yeah. season. Yeah, oh yeah. Like they, Thank God they didn't just go. We're just going to kill Kenny every episode forever <laughs> for nineteen series. Mm-hmm. Um, Thank God they, they stopped thought, that. They sort of. You know, they do get gets to a point where they sort of, it sort of becomes a meta reference type thing, and they go where it happens, and they just go oh, whatever. Yeah, and they just I it think, just kills the joke too. I think that's mm-hmm. probably why they've they that's probably why they've lasted is they've kind of yeah. recognised when things are working, when things aren't, and when they should change things up and leave things behind. Yeah, and they they allowed them to get older one year, one season, I think. <laughs> Fifth grade, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an interesting novel approach on the whole animation. People staying the same year, same age forever. Yeah, I'll get one yeah. year older. Yeah. Which, which is um, that is an interesting thing that you actually do get in like Dragon Ball, where they do a a um, a time jump and people actually get older, and you don't see that in animation. It, it, it's well. It depends on, I guess, which region, because they have a lot of different, uh, there have been a couple different, like, anime series, I know, where they'll have, um, like, at least some of the big ones, well, they'll have, like, time skips, like, you know, Naruto did that, and Bleach did that, mm-hmm. but Dragon Ball started, like, at least as far as Japanese anime, anime is concerned, that's the one, I know, that basically started that trend, but at, at the very least, it was very cool to see, like, when Goku was a little kid with a tail, and then all of a sudden he shows up again, and he's, you know, he's much taller, <laughs> Doesn't have a tail and just like oh, he can he he could get taller, whereas his poor friend Krillin stays didn't grow that much. <laughs> poor Krillin and still bald. And well, for a time, for a time, then he let his hair grow out and then no, like it was hard to recognize. Like oh wait, we we have to remind the audience like hey guys, this is Krillin. He just grew out his hair <laughs> because he became a married man. And then by the end of the series, they got grandkids and stuff. I know! Crazy! So, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Uh, one other thing I did watch is I have watched the first episode of the anime series One Punch Man. I've been meaning to watch it, but I've had no time. How is it? I, I enjoyed it. I'm I'm not quite on the crazy train with it yet, but I think I probably need to, you know, it's just one episode I've watched so far. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's mm-hmm. really well made. Um, Madhouse. So it's oh, amazing. really? Yes. Oh, um, yeah, because I, I have um, a few friends who are like anime nerds, um, particularly when it comes to like cool animation. Mm-hmm. As as in like the the movement of characters itself, like they call themselves like Sakuga nerds, which is like Sakuga just means movement or just means animation really. And like they they'll just like share gifts of like, oh wow, did you see last night's episode? Because of this like one three second sequence. Um and it seems to like have that crowd really excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has got like one of the um, strangest sort of concepts in that it's basically about a superhero who can take people out of one punch. That's his special ability, and he finds that really boring because he 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 becomes a superhero for fun, as he keeps telling everybody. Um, he keeps coming up against these monsters and stuff who always explain their complicated origin story, and he's just like, "I'm a superhero for fun." And then just takes him out in one punch, and then that's, that that character's story is over. Yeah, and he 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 wants a big fight, and then he just punches people, and they fall over. Um, <laughs> is it yeah, quite? Is it funny? I mean, yeah, I know I uh, guess it's meant to be funny, but is it actually funny? It's pretty funny. <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's just a bizarre concept, especially when when you think about like Dragon Ball Z, where a fight between two characters can take 50 episodes. Thereabouts, yeah. Where, where the basic concept of this is the fact that he can defeat people in one punch. Right. Is that, it, kind, is that kind of the joke? That it is, like, anti-Dragon Ball? I think... In that sense. I think maybe. And apparently, it, like, it's um, based on a Shonen Jump manga that's really popular now. But... Before that, it was apparently a webcomic. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard about. I've, I've, I've read a bit of the webcomic. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen some. And it's like, it's drawn in this style, which is like, um, intentionally naive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the drawings are quite funny, actually. It's a very bizarre show. I'll say that. <laughs> It's huge though. I I was in like Forbidden Planet earlier today, and like they had the 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 manga volumes like, you know, front and center as you went in. And I was like, oh, oh this is yeah. pretty popular. It's it's the breakout hit of the summer, <laughs> or not summer because it's not summer anymore. Fall of the fall <laughs> anime release. Yeah, it's the breakout hit of the year, and in that. Certain. Mm-hmm. It's, par- it's apparently appealing across the board. Um, I heard them talking about it on like, the A and N podcast. Oh yeah. That that apparently it appeals to like the old school fans and, and the new fans and the the, casu- the filthy casuals as well. Oh, so. interesting. I'll, <laughs> I'll have to give it a watch and see what all the the hype is about. Yeah. It would seem like it would seem like an obvious candidate for like Adult Swim. Oh, da- probably. Is is um, it is it like um, 
22 episode season kind of thing I don't know it's still it's. I think it's up to I think I, I watched it on Hulu and it I think it said episode 11 was up there uh, so. so it's still in its initial run it's yeah. just, it just caught on real quick mm-hmm. um, but I would I would think that they'll probably want to dub that and put it on Toonami as soon as they can cause right how does how does Hulu work? Do you have to sign up to use it? Because I was trying to go on it on a VPN. Like, sign up on, like, on Toonami. Hulu. Oh no, Hulu. You, yeah, when when you go at the moment, mm-hmm. you get it. Um, you get a big screen trying to get you to sign up, but you just basically have to like click on the Hulu logo, I think, to take it to the actual. Oh yeah, oh, I was having that problem oh. as well with their new the uh, secret design. logo. Right. <laughs> Yeah. It's like sign up, sign up. No, I don't wanna. It's like no, the it's like, it's like the website is like a, an Easter egg on its own website. Yeah, <laughs> which is really good design right there. Well, it is because if you know if the most prominent thing is buy now, then they're winning. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But yeah, I will obviously have to watch more of it and report back. Um, see if I get on the complete. One Punch Man bandwagon or not, but so far, very promising. Yeah, and bizarre. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can I can watch some episodes uh, by next time we record, so we can maybe talk about it. Yeah, we should, we should try and do that. Um, incidentally, talking about Hulu, I um, posted big article on the website um, telling you about all the places that you can watch anime online. Um, the it's a big guide to like where's the best places like Crunchyroll and Viewstar and Hulu and Netflix um, and it's sort of internationally focused so wherever you are you should be able to find it um, and so if you're not very knowledgeable about where to find the stuff online check that article out okay then nice plug there <laughs> um, Dan have you been watching anything? Um, no, not really, apart from South Park, really, and, uh... I've heard of that. <laughs> I I honestly can't tell you what, like, I've had for dinner this week. I, I haven't... Yeah, I'm sorry. No, it's okay! <laughs> I have no idea what I've been watching. Um... No, I'm, I, I watched something, um, but I'll save it for next week's episode. All right. Yeah. So no more. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll have to wait until next week. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, Christmas. Well, sort of. Uh, Rach. Um. Anything? Well, other than stuff that I will say for next week. Um, there was uh one thing that I found myself watching uh while I was uh, getting Christmas pre- presents wrapped up in my room. It wasn't necessarily anything Christmas related. I don't know what made me start watching this again, but uh, I uh, watched the very first five episodes of uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Oh, right. And it was, I don't know, like I said, I don't know what compelled me to start rewatching this. Maybe I just <laughs> wanted to have something, something entertaining on while I was just, uh, while I was working on getting presents wrapped. But it just, that show sucks me in every single time. Like, I, I, like, I put it on as background noise 
you know, as I was working, but then I just, I found myself stop, you know, I would, I would be, you know, I would be wrapping presents and then I would stop just because I would get so into what I was watching or laughing at a joke or gag and just, I couldn't help it. My myself was like getting completely distracted from what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, but that, I think because it always strikes me on how, that was one of like, uh, God, next to Dragon Ball Z, that was one of the first, uh, Shonen series that I ever watched, and every single time I watch it, the dub always blows me away with how much they were able to get away with. <laughs> and ah, uh, just I remember, well, I think it was one of the the last episodes of the show that I have on DVD. Like I always hear, there's one uh, commentary that I would always watch that had um all the lead actors for the main uh, four main characters all talking about you know their experience working on the show, and you know auditioning for characters and stuff like that and it, it's it's always so funny having watched the the show in its entirety and hearing these you know these actors talk as their characters and then you know all of a sudden hearing them as you know just you know regular guys you know just talking about their experience working on the show and you know making jokes and talking to each other especially um uh chuck huber who is uh the voice of the more stoic character he a and then all of a sudden just you know hearing that voice and just him making jokes like every every other moment was fantastic but yeah it was it was odd to get you know watching that show again and but it's still enjoyable still love it to death and uh i was happy that i probably shouldn't have been watching it since it took me a lot longer to get my presents done but eh. i i have a confession i don't think i've ever seen an episode i i don't know if it ever came out here. Oh no, Chris. It's you a, need it to always watch looks to it. me like something honestly like um the style like kind of looked really old fashioned to me. And that was part of like why it put me off. Like Really? Yeah, by the time I was into um uh I was looking to like get into anime. Mm-hmm. Like Naruto was kind of on the horizon, and oh, I'd watch a, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd watched a bunch of Dragon Ball, but just like the hairstyle thing and the eyes and just like the costumes all looked really um old fashioned to me. Well, it and didn't come out like, like oh. the early nineties, so yeah. And I got to say, like I was just a ponce, and <laughs> that stuff was enough to turn me <laughs> off. Aww. That's a shame because that's uh, as much as I love Dragon Ball, and I mean it's it's still kind of like you know it's it, Yu Yu Hakusho and Dragon Ball share a couple of elements at least in terms of the you know the tournament style fighting and stuff, but in just overall like story and tone, I actually think Yu Yu Hakusho did it a lot better. Mm-hmm. That's um, and if I had to say you know which one had the better you know overall arcs and characters and development, then uh, Yu Yu definitely. It, it it did a lot of really great things and was actually te- able to tell a really good story with fantastic characters. Yeah, I've got a feeling it it was probably on like Cartoon Network or Toonami. Um, it was in the in the UK. I mean, um, but I you know growing up I never had a satellite or anything. So, <laughs> um, and I don't think it like came out on DVD box sets or anything. Or no, Viz didn't exist back in the day. Then. No, we didn't we didn't really get any of that stuff we had to release things yeah Ah. and then um 
they might be on TV. There was an anime channel which had a few things, but there were there were six months. Yeah, they were a couple, and they kind of lasted for like six months, and they play like Cowboy Bebop every <laughs> freaking night, and the same episode as well. And oh, there was it was it was called Anime Central. Uh huh. And it, I don't I don't know if it ran for don't know if it was six months or however long it ran. Yes. But um, it it was really encouraging because when it came out because the lineup it had like Cow Cowboy Bebop, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell, mm-hmm. um. Uh, Escaflone, um, Gundam, something. Gundam Wing, Gundam G Gundam, any of the Gundams, all of the Gundams. Any, I I don't remember which one. It, it might have been Gundam Wing, and there was like six shows or something, <laughs> and you got them back to and they showed oh they showed Bleach. That's the first place I ever saw Bleach as well. And what they used to do is they used to strip it like every an episode every day, and um. Then they used to just loop the same programs round. Huh. And if if you missed a day, forget it, because <laughs> then you had to. Uh, and yeah, they just had they licensed like six then, shows at a time, and they yeah, just but looped then, them. I remember after a while, like the thing would happen where they'd play the same episode every day in a week. Yeah, they didn't. They, and then they didn't get any more shows. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of all the anime. Mm. All the anime fans in the UK were like, yeah, we want a TV channel, we want a TV channel, and they put on a TV channel, and none of the anime fans watched it. <laughs> they're like, oh, the way they're putting it on's annoying. The fickle. Because... The fickle bunch. Anime. Well, it's probably because by then everyone had, like, discovered torrents and haven't been him. Streaming and internet and all that. Mostly. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and then, then we had the UK equivalent of the anime network from AD Vision, which was a... Um, it was like a two-hour block on this, like community access channel. Otherwise, called Propeller. And oh, I remember. Like, yeah. You got a two. You got a two-hour block. Um, oh, this um, was. I think this is what I'm thinking of. This is the thing that was like there was two hours a night, and they would like they would they would show, the first episode they would show would be the same episode that they would show at the end of the night, like at 11 p.m. and at 4 a.m. would be like the same episode of. A thing, and they had like two presenters in the studio goofing around, and th- there was this geezer called Stuart, and this <laughs> this girl who is actually a like a a British manga artist, and had a bit of a crush on her. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, and they goof around, <laughs> and they, yeah, they used to um, goof around and then show anime, and it was weird, and it didn't last very long. <laughs> Because then A Division pulled out of the UK. Uh-huh. And that was what we had. That was that, that just sums it up though, doesn't it? It was weird and it didn't last very long, but we yeah. had it. <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that meant that you missed the the madness, the, the crazy um uh supernatural madness that was uh the Yuhaka show because it's if you ever have the opportunity to watch it, I would highly recommend it. Whether it uh subbed or dubbed. Okay, and that's all you've been watching, really? That's all I've really had time for, unfortunately, other than the usual uh, Christmas fair that they put on around this time of year, but I can get to that later. Evan, you haven't, you've been really busy, I know. Have you got anything you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we um, 
I don't know. I mean, just uh, animation nights, really. I, we had um, we had another standing room only show uh, on Wednesday. Whoa! Yeah, um, we had a packed house, and um, I mentioned this before. I was, I mean, might as well mention it because it's awesome. But um, we also got listed in the New Yorker, so that was really super exciting. Um, they even had a little blurb, so. Um, I think that definitely had some impact on um, attendance, but we just had a great crowd again, and uh, yeah, it was terrific. <laughs> so we're just moving forward with that, and um, and that's kind of been uh, taking up a lot of time and freelance stuff, and uh, so I've been yeah super busy. I did, I mean, I can't say I really like watched it, watched it because I was sort of drawing and missed huge chunks, but um, I did get uh, the peanut screener. Um, in the mail and um, had that playing <laughs> while I was working. Oh no, um, no, you gotta watch it. I know. No, I seriously. Know. I just, I it's, want... it's, it's exactly um, a movie to like get visually lost in because I know there well, are lots of like I, I saw it was it's beautiful, yeah. um, beautiful movie. But I just I, I was sitting there just staring. It was like burning a hole through the table. So I had to um, just put it on, and sure. um, even though I I couldn't really watch it properly. Um, yeah, I I got a few movies like that, and it, yeah, we'll see. I I don't know. Hopefully things will slow down um a little bit in the next month or so, and I'll be able to like focus, get back to uh to uh, watching things. But I've seen a ton of really great short films. <laughs> um, I just uh, yeah, been a little bit um a little a little obsessed with Annie. <laughs> So. Considering how you keep having standing night showings, I can understand why. Yeah, well, I mean, it's always um, it's always in the back of my mind, you know, because it's it's been a really positive thing. Um, like I've been saying every week, like something it's like something kind of special happens every single time. And um, again, we just had really good support, a different mix of really nice mix of people and um, all ages again, and different people too. I mean, we had some. Some folks who, who showed up uh, from previous nights, but, you know, I mean, there are enough people that are interested that, you know, maybe even miss a couple and then come back again, and it's it's incredible. It really, truly is. So, obviously, I'll be um, keeping you informed <laughs> cool. um, um, with regard to what goes on with, with that. Um, but, yeah, that's... Uh, that's what really I've been just watching a lot of shorts. I can't think of anything else. I pl- I, I played for like ten minutes last night. <laughs> I played a little bit of um, Fallout Shelter because um, one of the interns at Tap <laughs> <laughs> was like, "Have you played this?" I was like, "Yeah, I got up to like a hundred. I totally was um, hooked on that game." And he's like, "You know, they have pets now," and <laughs> and they're like, he was telling me about all the add-ons, which I had sort of been ignoring all the news about that game because I I can't I can't just I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, I really would love to play Fallout Four some more too, but I can't. Um, not very play. very time consuming. Both are very time consuming games, and you're a person who has little or little to no time to spare, so it's hard. No, I know. I've been using it as a reward. <laughs> hey, there you go. Sort of healthy, healthy reward for myself. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully soon. We'll, we'll see. Maybe around the holidays, you know, I'll have a few days um, where I could just watch all these movies that I want to watch and uh, and play some video games. <laughs> so sad. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. 
You need a bit of a vonto. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's all positive, though. I mean, it's super happy, just busy. Yeah, lovely. That's, that's the best kind of busy, is happy busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about, or are we wrapping it up for the for today? I think that's about it. We're going we're gonna to wrap up a bit earlier than normal tonight, um, but it's for a good reason, because... We're going to be back with a very Christmassy show next time. So, uh, thank you everybody for joining us for another interesting show. You can keep up with everything we're doing at animationforadults.com. You can follow us on Twitter at AFA Blog. You can follow us on Tumblr, Facebook, Google Plus and Pinterest. And you can follow me at Mr. Christor. That is Mr. Spell is a word and then Chris, T-O-R. You can find Dan. Where can we find you, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at Hanu. That's H A W M W O. Awesome, Rachel. You can find me uh, at Fail to Ninja on Twitter, and also quick, quick plug. Um, uh, any and all support. Uh, I've got a fan story up on a website called Inkit.com, and uh, it's a Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball related story called uh, Dragon Ball Z Achillea. Uh, any and all support for voting on this uh, fan to- fandom contest uh, that it's currently trying to compete with a whole bunch of other fan written stories. Any support for that would be most appreciated. Awesome, do that. Um, and Yvonne? Nice. Um, I'm on Twitter at isnare underscore inc. And also, of course, if you'd like to submit a film to Animation Nights New York, um, you can go to animationnights.nyc. Um, and we're also uh, on Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Awesome. We will be back very soon, and if you want to get in touch, you can send us an email at podcast at animationforadults.com, and we will see you all very soon. All right, take care, guys. Goodbye. Hey, hey, hey.